the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, thank you, sir, and good afternoon or good evening to you. Welcome to the November 29th edition of Lifeline. Trust you're doing well and delighted to have you along the way. We've got an exciting show tonight, and I'll start by just sharing a little bit of my my first guest's um, CV tonight. Um, he's got a pretty thorough and extensive background as a gangster, a thug, a mugger, a dope user. But that was the old man. Because you see, in Christ Jesus, old things pass away and you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so, unfortunately, the former gangster, thug, mugger, and dope user, that man no longer exists. But what was left in his place, my, my, uh, a true testimony to the power of the Holy Spirit and the faithfulness of God and his word. Joining me tonight in studio is the senior and founding pastor of Axeville Gospel Church of Oakland, Bishop Bob Jackson. You've probably never been introduced that way. <laughs> never where, where, where's he going with this now? <laughs> I wondering who that guy you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Craig. But, you know, it's, it's true. That was your background. Yes, absolutely. And um, you spent a lot of years on the streets of Oakland. Yes, sir. Getting in trouble. Yes, sir. Your name was well known to the Oakland PD. Dirty Red. And um, <laughs> you, 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 we were talking before we came on the air here this afternoon, and you made a comment to me that I think is, is an important thing to underscore. And, and it really, I think, is demonstrative of what... Our fallen sin condition can do that that literally eats up a man from the inside out. Yes. And slowly, steadily, but surely destroys him. Yes. You had mentioned to me that if you hadn't gotten saved at the time that you did, the age of 31, more than likely you would have not made it to your 40th birthday. I would not be sitting here today talking to you on the radio and I wouldn't have made 40 and I'm I'll be next month. I'll be seventy-seven. Okay, so I wouldn't have made it. So, what might have been Bob Jackson's fate? Dead on the streets of Oakland? Could have been knifed inside of a jail somewhere. Could have been shot by somebody's husband. I, well, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> motorcycle accident. I rode motorcycles as well, and uh, carried a gun, so I was ready for trouble. But you know, so but anyway, yes, just. Drugs, alcohol, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't have any peace. See, when people try to make you think that sin is fun and you have a great time, it starts off like it is, but boy, it comes back and it, it'll keep you longer than you wanted to stay. It, it'll make you 
pay more than you wanted to pay, mm-hmm. and it, it it just never stops. You know what I'm saying? And as you said so so perfectly, it works on the inside of you, on your nervous system, on your on your heartbeat, on your heart rate, on your blood pressure. It works on your sleep. You know what I'm saying? You start have, having sleepless nights and whatnot. That it starts working on you in so many different ways. So you need more drugs and more alcohol in order to. to anesthetize yourself whatever so you don't feel the, the effects of it but sin is a terrible thing and believe it or not the real problem with mankind and womankind got to make sure we add women is sin that's the real problem and God saw that years ago 2,000 years ago when he sent his only begotten son the Lord Jesus Christ into the world he came that the world through him might be saved that's the main purpose that he came he didn't come that you could have a new car and a new house and, and, and a new wife he didn't, he didn't come for all of that he came that you might be saved and he gave his life and bought and paid for every one of our sins on the cross at Calvary, not just for the Jewish Jewish race, but also for every race on the face of the earth. He died for the sins of everybody. And I don't care how terrible you were, how how hardened you were, how what what how deplorable, despicable, uh, horrendous person that you were. The blood of Jesus is the only antidote for sin. And I'm telling you, when he cleanses you, my God, it's 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 so it's just indescribable almost. And so when people have that real experience, that real born again experience, I'm telling you, it's hard to put into words, but you know it. You know what I'm saying? And you know people that's experienced that because when they talk about it. They just say, boy, the Lord saved me. He saved me. It's not religion. It's not religion. It's a way of life. He saved me. I got a brand new, I'm a brand new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks that have ever been through, say, a house fire, know that the the smoke permeates everything. It gets into the drapes. It gets into the furniture. It gets into the carpeting. It gets into your clothing. It is everywhere. Now, I suppose you can come in and slap on a fresh coat of paint, buy some new furniture, and open some windows. But in the end, the impact, that, that charring of that fire from within the house is there. And over time, the wood will begin to decay. And eventually that whole house, if you don't really replace all of that damaged interior, the the, the bones, the structure will eventually decay and collapse. Sin is a lot like that, too, isn't it? Absolutely. It's that rotting from within. Yes. And people might look at the outside of that house and might say, well, it looks just fine to me. Right. You know, you just put a new coat of paint on. Things should be just fine. Yes. And yet it continues to rot from the inside. Yes. And yet, as much as the anecdote for the house that's gone through severe fire is to rebuild it, salvation, that life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ, that repentance and renewal of the heart and reconciliation with God rebuilds that whole house, or in this case, rebuilds that whole life. And now you are new, both inside and out. Therefore, when, when Scripture says that you become a 
new creature yes. in Christ Jesus. Yes. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. It, it really is essentially God coming in and saying, we're going to get all that smoky, burnt, charred wood out of here. We're going to start fresh. We're going to start clean. We're going to eliminate every bit of evidence of the of the impact Interesting, the analogy, I didn't intend to go there, but the impact of the fire, which is consuming, yes. is it an interesting that we see even the image of hell mm-hmm. as fire all-consuming? Yes. Yet there's another type of fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, Come on. which is also all-consuming, but instead of consuming the good, it consumes, it burns away the evil yes. out of our lives. True. And in that purification process, what's left over is a new man. Brand new creature. Preachers these days, though, don't much, and I want to go to meddling here, but they don't much speak on matters of sin, separation from God, eternal damnation, sin, salvation, sanctification. Those are concepts that we just kind of shy away from. And, and one reason for it, you're not going to be very popular, you know, when you talk about those things, because those things step on people's toes. You see what I'm saying? And and uh, and they don't like their toes to be stepped on. But you know what? I wouldn't go to a church that I didn't fall under conviction every now and then. I mean, not all the time, but every now and then, if I didn't fall under conviction every now and then, I wouldn't want to go to that church because the Bible says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So the Word of God going forth, that the Word of God is really being preached, being taught in that church, the Word is going to cut you. He said it's like a Wilkinson blade, a Wilkinson blade. It's like a two-edged sword. You see that? And so it cuts both ways. And the Word of God is sharp. You even trying to teach it, it'll cut you, you know, while you're teaching it. And I love it when they teach me because... I like to equate it to when you first get saved, it's like God puts you on the potter's wheel. And and now he begins to shape and mold you into a likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's what that's our destination. The Bible says we don't know yet what we sh- how we shall appear, but we know when we see him, we, we shall be like him. So the whole thing after we get saved is the potter's wheel and the Lord begins to work on us. And just like you were saying earlier, and he's cutting away things that need to be cut away from you. And it's a process. It's really a process of going through. We call it holiness. We call it sanctification. Okay, it's a process where God actually begins to mold and shape you. And what I love about that is he says, he that began a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're on the path. And if you understand that, then you love to go to a church where the word of God is going forth and it's sharp and it's cutting. And you say, oh, out. instead of saying amen. You have to say, "Ouch!" Well, you know, let's face it, Bishop Bob. If you, if you go to a uh, go to a doctor and you get a little pain here and a little ache there, and the doctor comes in and does a bunch of tests and said, "All looks good, everything is great, everything's fine," you say, "But doctor, no, 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 everything is good," and you leave 
three or four days later, you come back and say, but doctor, I still have this pain. Can't you run some more tests, take an MRI, take some x-rays, do it? No, no, you're good. It's all good. After a while, you'd start to think, that doctor is a quack. <laughs> I need a doctor that will tell me the truth. Look, doctor, give it to me as you see it. If, you, if, if I need to have my appendix removed or I've got cancer, I need to know it. Yes. Because the truth is what's going to heal me and set me free. That's the only thing. And so, you know, if the goal is to go to church, to come out, and the doctor say, all is well, everything looks good, everything is fine. Right. Just as much as the preacher who does that makes you walk away every Sunday feeling like you haven't got a care in the world. You are cooking on all eight cylinders in your relationship with God. There's not a stumbling block in your life. It's probably time to fire that preacher. Well, the Word of God says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. So, so you realize that you're gonna, you have problems. You really have problems. You know what I'm saying? You bring them to the table with you. Okay, something about this flesh that 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 want to continue with problems and and habits and all kind of old stuff that God literally has to cut away from you. And the Word of God is what cuts those things away from you. But if you're not and if you're not reading the Word of God, if you're not into the Word of God, then your mind is not being renewed. So here you have a brand new spirit. You're born again with a brand new spirit, but your mind still has you in Egypt. Mm. The mind has to be renewed by the Word of God, which means you have to read, you have to study, and then you have to be in a church where the Word of God is going forth because that Word, I'm telling you, once your mind gets renewed with the Word of God, you start thinking the Word of God, you start speaking the Word of God, then the things that God promised you will begin to come to pass because it's all written in the book. I was reading Second Peter this past Sunday at Acts 4 Gospel. Big shout out to Acts 4 Gospel listening tonight. But I was reading Second Peter chapter 1 through verses 1 through 4. And he said, God has given, verse 3, I believe. He said, God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Wait a minute. What did he say? He said, God has given to us. All things pertaining to life and godliness. He's already giving everything to us. And so he goes on and talks about it in the fourth verse as well. All the precious promises that God promised. He's given all of those to us. So what's left for us to do? If we really believe that he's given us everything, God has given us everything through salvation, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then the only thing left for us to do is to praise him. Partake in praise, amen. <laughs> and, and to give him the glory and to worship him. And see, so, a lot of folks don't know that because they've never read that. And, you know, it, 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 it's the equivalency of, of being married to your spouse for 30 years and not knowing her first name. Boy. People will say, well, I go to church every Sunday and I know Jesus. And yet you look at their life and it's a scant reflection of the personality of Jesus Christ. And you say, well, but you you know, like you know who the governor is, like you know the name of your first grade teacher, or do you really know in that, in that intimate, personal fashion? You know, some couples that have been together for many years, they know exactly what he likes for breakfast. Right. She knows exactly what uh, kind of tie that he likes to wear. They can finish each other's sentences. Absolutely. Because they've spent so much time together. Yes. They've almost, they've almost studied 
right. one another. They start looking alike. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and after a season, you see that couple together, and you say, aren't they just a darling couple? They just, they seem to click. Then you read sometimes these stories, a couple that's been married for 50, 60, 70 years, and the wife takes ill and passes, and the husband, who seemingly has no obvious infirmities, within hours sometimes, inexplicably, passes away. Yes. Because their lives were so intertwined, they were so integral with each other, that they became like each other, and they became dependent upon each other. Right. Now, if we use that model, which you can read about in the newspaper virtually any day in any town, and say, now imagine how different the lives of the average Christian would be if they knew Christ likewise, so intimately that they could quote exactly what the Scripture has to say on virtually any topic because they're constantly in God's Word, that they have put on the mind of Christ, and so they think like Christ, so they respond like Christ, that the person who sees that individual says, I can't distinguish between you and Jesus because you're so much alike. <laughs> Praise God. Now, in my mind, that really describes what a true discipleship it's not a disciple that simply follows you you can follow a political leader and say i know what he says i know where he's speaking i know what he does but do you become an emulator do you become like that person no but christ calls upon us to be his disciples so that we can be virtual copies of who he is that's powerful it's a mind blower isn't my it? god yes that's why he says we have the mind of christ <laughs> Glory to God. That's amazing. So the mind of Christ, if the Lord Jesus is the word of God made flesh, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, 14th verse, and the word was made flesh. So if the Lord Jesus is the word of God made flesh, <laughs> glory to God, and you really have the word of God in your mind, you have the mind of Christ. Amen. It's nothing but the word of, not only nothing but in that sense, but it's the word of God that you have. And man, you're talking about the peace and the joy and the and the, and the comfort and the the blessings, more blessings than you can imagine. And adding to that, think about this: that when Christ was here on Earth. He lived, I think, best estimates are to about 33 and a half years old. He had a, 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 a earthly ministry of about three years. But Christ in the flesh could only be one place at one time. That's a point. A good point. As he prepared to leave and had that final meal with the disciples, he talked about going to prepare a place. Yes. That he would be... With his heavenly Father. Yes. But not to worry because he was going to send the Holy Spirit, going to send the Comforter. (laughs) And that Holy Spirit would not only empower us to be his witnesses, but that that Holy Spirit will be omnipresent, which means that that Holy Spirit dwells in every one of us all at the same time. When Bishop Bob Jackson leaves this room, he takes the Holy Spirit with him. But guess what? The Holy Spirit stays here with me, too. Yes, sir. And the Holy Spirit dwells with you as well. Yes. That sense of God's presence being amongst us, no matter where we travel, what we do, how far we go, 
you you can never separate yourself from the love of God and from the empowering presence of his Holy Spirit. The problem, of course, sometimes is that people just ignore it. People say, I don't need all that. But God's you, not all that necessary. But I you can do it on my own. No, you can't. The Lord Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So if you think you're doing something right now, just imagine what you can do with him. You see that? I'm saying in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So God has blessed us. I mean, when you really see, a, I like to say it like this, a true saint that's really saved and sanctified and filled with God's Holy Spirit, that's the happiest person on the face of the earth. Not only is he having a listen, the Lord Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. And life more abundantly. abundantly. Now, abundantly would have been good enough. But he says more abund- abundantly. What type of life is that? There's some people listening right now that are not enjoying their lives. There's a lot of people that are so upset with their lives, so depressed over their lives. Many of them contemplating suicide because they just can't seem to get it together. You know what? That's because they're trying to get it together without God, without his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will never be able to do it because they're, you know, I like the equated to this. Every now and then, you don't hear about it so much now, but every now and then new cars would come out, say from Toyota or from, from, from Chevrolet or whatever. And they said, and then after about six months, maybe a year, they would have something called a recall. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? In the factory, we forgot to put a certain part in that mm-hmm. car. But bring it back to any dealer, and we'll put that part in for free, and your car will run good. Without that part, it's not going to run very good. And I like to think that that's how God did. He blessed us to live. And he knew when we were born into this world that we were born with the Adamic nature. He says we were born in sin, that's what David said, and shaped in iniquity. Mm-hmm. So God knew that there was a part that was missing in every one of us. And so when he calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light, when he really calls you to become a new creature in Christ Jesus, he's letting you know that I have the part that you've been looking Amen. for. You've looked in the whiskey bottle. You've looked in the fentanyl. You looked in the dope sticks. You looked in the weed, the marijuana. You looked in, you've looked into everywhere looking for the part that's missing. It always seemed like something is missing. Well, there is something missing. And God knew it. That's why he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on that cross that, as you just said, that when he died and rose and went back to heaven, he sent back the Holy Spirit. And when that Holy Spirit comes inside of you, my God, that missing piece. He brings the Lord Jesus Christ in with him. He brings the word of God in with him. He brings a completeness, a fullness. And for the first time, you can say, oh, my God, I'm complete. I'm, you know, there were some people that the Lord healed, and they were healed from their sickness. But it was others that he made whole. Hmm. <laughs> he made a difference between healing and making people whole. Amen. There's a lot of people that get healed, but they're not made whole. What does that mean? And I want to explore that a little bit deeper, Bishop Jackson, when we come back after a timeout. Because there are some eavesdropping on this conversation today that say... I, I think I'm starting to understand, but what, what I'm not getting is I, I've gone to church, 
I've read the Bible, and yet there still seems to be that missing part. What is that missing part? The answer, when we come back after a brief timeout, Bishop Bob Jackson with us tonight in studio. He is senior pastor and founder of Axeful Gospel Church of God in Christ of Oakland. We're going to come back to more of our dialogue, so you keep your dial right where it is. What is that missing part? We'll explore that next as our conversation with Bishop Bob Jackson continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We are back in studio tonight with Bishop Bob Jackson, senior pastor and founder of Axeful Gospel Church of God in Christ in Oakland. By the way, uh, information available on the web at axefulgospel.org. That's axefulgospel.org. We've been talking about topics related to sin, salvation, sanctification, what it means to be a true disciple. And, And for many... That sense of, as Bishop Jackson put it, that missing component, that recall notice that comes from the factory that says, oops, something's missing. We, Sorry, we got a little busy that day. We built your car without that part. But there's a safety recall because without it, without it, you could get into a severe accident. Without it, you could perish. And I think that analogy works and holds true when it comes to our own lives. For some, Bishop Jackson, they attempt to try and, on their own, figure out what that missing component is. And for some, it's power. For some, it's money. It's the big house. It's uh, cash on Wall Street. Whatever it might be, it's drugs, alcohol, all in an attempt to try to say... I recognize there's a missing component, but I don't know what that is, so I'm going to try to figure it out on my own. Um, you know, broad is the, is the way to hell, right? But narrow is the path. To get people on that narrow path, the big question becomes then, if I've gone to church... Maybe I've gone to church since I was a little kid. This is what the Sunday morning, this is what we do. And mom and dad took me. And when I had a family, we took the kids to church. And my spouse and I continue to go to church. I even read the Bible occasionally. But there still seems to be a missing component. What, what, what from a scriptural standpoint, Bishop Jackson, is that missing part? That missing part actually is the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm telling you because... I had a, a dilemma, and I needed to know because I was that very person that you described. I was looking for something, but I didn't know what it was. But I knew one thing: whatever it was that I was looking for, I was certainly missing it. Now you're talking about a ball of confusion <laughs> when you when you look at something. I can't find my keys. I don't know what the keys go to, but I know I can't find them. <laughs> exactly. But I knew inside in my heart I knew I was missing something because I just wasn't complete I wasn't I wasn't really happy and happiness always depends on happiness so let me let me change that I, I really didn't have any joy about that I love God because God gives you joy Things give you happy. You you can be happy with things. I mean, you need things to make you happy. Yeah, but you know what? I've never seen even a owner of a brand new spanking Mercedes Benz, all shiny and new, that smell of that fresh leather interior. I've never seen a new owner of a brand new Mercedes say, you know, I got this car now. I've got such peace. You oh, never no. hear him say that, do you? Never. Never no. say that. No. No. Or joy. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, and then after a while, you know, you even lose that. You don't even wash it anymore. But anyway, 
that missing piece, you know, I can always go back to my own testimony. The Bible said they overcame by their testimony and by the blood of the Lamb in Revelation. So I go back to my testimony because people ask me all the time, well, how did you get saved? You, you're a motorcycle rider. You had carried guns. You, 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 you were drinking and homonging, fornicating, lying. You, you were adulterer. You, you know, you, you, you've done all kind of deplorable, despicable, terrible things as a sinner. You were a chief sinner. Paul and I get into this argument. <laughs> Who's the chiefest? <laughs> I, just, I was the chief sinner. So you were a schoolboy compared to me, Paul. But anyway, and they said, well, what happened? So a dear friend of mine, Jerry Thomas, and I love to tell a story. He and I were in the military together. We we went we were in third grade together, and we ended up going to the Air Force together. Okay, we were in the same squadron, same section, and some way after we got out, we had an apartment, and we were doing the same thing: drinking, partying, running the women. We were doing all kinds of things, and he, after a while, we 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 split up, and he went somewhere, and I went back to my father's house. Okay, as the kids say, shot to the curb. Okay, no job, no money. So I asked my dad, can I come back home? He said, yeah, but the rule's still the same, right? You got to abide by the rules. And so Jerry Thomas went somewhere and got saved Mm. and was born again. Let me tell you. And the first thing he did was come looking for me. And he came to my dad's house and I was there. And, and and when I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, look at you, man. I said, what do you – give me some of that, man. He had big, rosy cheeks, I'm telling you. He had a Shekinah glory on his face. I didn't know that at the time. And I'm like, oh, my God, you look great, man. He looked wonderful. I said, man, give me some of that. And he said – he pointed his finger at me, Craig, and he said, boy, all you need is Jesus. I could have knocked his head off his body. I said, fool, I don't need no Jesus. I need a woman. I need some money. I know what I need. I I don't need Jesus. And he said, that's all you need is Jesus. And he buttoned his coat, turned around, and went right back out the door. And there I was stuck with this guy with his finger in my face telling me all I need is Jesus. And I'm like, this guy's an idiot. He's stupid. Jesus. And then shortly after that, the Oakland police almost killed me. (laughs) They had me dead to rights. I had my gun. (laughs) And the guy pulled his gun. He said, man, take your hand out of your pocket real slow. I'll blow your head off. And I'm looking down the barrel of 357 Magnum. And he's shaking, so I know his finger's about to go off. And I'm like, yeah. And just the grace of God, they let me go. Whatever I was doing, they let me go. Because I I had just gotten a job with the city of Oakland as a building inspector. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a picture. (laughs) And he says, you're going to lose your job. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to see you lose your job. He said, go ahead, put your coat on and get out of here. So... I did. I went went and got me another drink, man. And I came back to the house, cold, quiet. So I went to sleep, finally. And the next morning, I went to work. It was Monday morning, May 16th, 1977. I went down to City Hall. I told my boss I had an early inspection. I had to leave. He said, go ahead, Jackson. I drove the car back, the city car back to my house. And let me tell you, I came inside, closed the door, and I sat down on the couch and I was just sitting there 
And all of a sudden, it came to me. I could see almost Jerry Thomas putting his finger in my face saying, boy, all you need is Jesus. I kept saying to myself, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm getting drunk. I'm acting a fool. I'm, the cops almost killed me last night. I could be in jail. I mean, what, what, what's going on with me? It was a self-examination. And all of a sudden, Jerry Thomas just from nowhere, boy, all you need is Jesus. So, Craig, I got, I turned over, got down on my knees in front of the couch, and I said, Jesus, if you're real, just let me know. And absolutely nothing. And I got an attitude. And I can't tell you why I said it, but I said, Lord Jesus, if you're really real, just let me know. And I said it with all my heart. And let me tell you something. The next thing I know, tears begin to come down my cheeks. My hand, I begin to shake. I just begin to shake and chill bumps just came all over me. I wasn't cold. Chill bumps came all over me and I just begin to cry. And I, all of a sudden I was just, just weeping, just, just crying, just, just, and I'm telling you, it was amazing. I was just, I couldn't control it. I was just crying. And all I could say was, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me. And that happened. It was a quarter to nine on the Monday morning. And when I came to myself, it was a quarter to one in the afternoon. Wow. I can't tell you, like Paul says, that whether I was in the body, out of the body, I can't tell. All I know is when I got up off my knees, it was amazing. I felt like I was floating through the air. I felt so light. Sin makes you heavy. Mm-hmm. Sin is really depressing. It's pushing you down. I felt like I could float. And then I got, I had a little New Testament Gideon that I got in the Air Force. And I'd, I'd start reading Romans 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, five chapters. And God spoke to me in the word, my problem was sin. And the answer to my problem was the Lord Jesus Christ. That was May 16, 1977. And here it is, November the 29th, <laughs> 2022. And I've never, never turned around on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something poignant, Bishop Jackson, that you mentioned in the course of of sharing your testimony that I I, I want to um, highlight for a moment for listeners, because it gets to our earlier point pertaining to being witnesses and what true discipleship is all about. Please note, if you were listening to Bishop Jackson share his story, he didn't say, well, the preacher from down the street came. He didn't say, well, I got pulled into church and I heard Reverend so-and-so from the pulpit, although all of that can be possible. No, he said that Jerry Thomas came to me and put his finger in my face. Now, Jerry Thomas was not a bishop. No. He was not a minister. No. He had not gone to seminary. No. He did not head up a church. No. But he did have one thing. He had had a life-changing encounter with Jesus Christ, didn't he? Yes, sir. Absolutely true. And he cared enough about one Bob Jackson to go and say, the only thing you need is Jesus. It it wasn't a traditional three-point sermon. It, it, It wasn't filled with biblical quotes. No. And a detailed exegesis. 
No. It was just a simple and yet poignant truth. All you need is Jesus. My God. And the end result you just said a moment ago, that was clear back in May of 1977. Yes, And here we sit just a few years later, if you can do the math. Just a few years. Just a few years later. Like 46. And Bob Jackson, the, I want to quote from the bio, the gangster, thug, mugger, and dope user, has one of the largest churches in the San Francisco Bay Area, has served Christ faithfully and nonstop for all of those years. Undoubtedly, a few bumps along the way because it's work out your salvation and you have to die daily to the flesh, right? As we all do. Absolutely. But the lasting fruit of what Jerry Thomas did in maybe not even realizing at the time what it meant to be a disciple and make disciples, he exercised that fundamental principle. And I share that, Bishop Jackson, because a lot of folks that are listening right now love God, go to church faithfully, drop a dollar in the collection plate, whatever they do, but they're terrified of the idea of sharing their faith. They don't, I can't do that, that pastor's got to do that, professional, I don't know the scripture well enough. What if they ask a question about doctrine that I can't answer? Every single pretext that they can come up with, that the enemy can come up with, to stand in the way of being a disciple and making a disciple. You say, well, Craig, how complicated could it be? It's no more complicated than having that life-changing encounter and then going to someone you care about, going to one of your homies and saying, all you need is Jesus. See, I think part of the problem, Bishop Jackson, is we get confused. Our, our our roles and today we talk a lot about gender dysphoria and men think they're women and so on and so forth well sometimes we as Christians we have spiritual dysphoria we think it's our job to convict of sin right. we fail to recognize no 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 if you look at the job description that belongs to the Holy Spirit absolutely ours is the job to simply go and make disciples what does that mean fundamentally Share the good news of the gospel. Share your testimony. Yes, sir. And if you do that, God's word says that his word will not go out and return to him void, but it will accomplish his good pleasure. Yes. I want to submit to you that one of the challenges that we're facing in the world today with that excess of darkness, which is really a lack of light, is that we as believers need to do a better job at getting back to the absolute fundamentals of our faith and that means being willing to go to that person, that friend, the, the homie, the guy that we hang out with, the, the person that we care about, and simply tell them, Tom, Bill, Alan, Louise, Carol, all you need is Jesus. That's a message. That's the message. You see, instead of trying to memorize 66 books of the Bible and trying to quote scriptures and all of that, I mean, the simplicity. The Bible said it, it's so easy, it's so plain that a fool could get it and not make a mistake. I mean, it's amazing to me. I've never seen anything like it or nothing to compare it. And the joy of the Lord, the joy that God gives you. And I mean, I don't understand why people can't, that are really born again believers, really have a real relationship with the Lord. 
I don't understand why they can't share their faith because what else do you want to talk about? Well, you know, hearkening back to the notion that if it's somebody that you know intimately, if I asked a question about Sister Jackson, you right. could tell me Barbara likes this for breakfast, likes that for lunch, doesn't like that kind of movie on TV. You could give me all those details. Right. Why? You can tell me about her because you know her Intimately, Yes. If you struggle sometimes to be able to give the details about Jesus when somebody asks, maybe, just maybe, the problem is you don't know him intimately. And how are you going to know him unless you spend time with him? And how do you spend time with him? Right through the pages of that book. That's exactly right. He is the Word of God made flesh. And the more you stay in the Word of God, and like I said, I didn't know where to read in the Bible. I just opened it, and and I had a New Testament Gideon, that little one, military one they give you with the flag, American flag on the inside. But I opened it to uh, to Romans again, the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth. Okay? God knows exactly where to take you. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. That blessed me. And look, it seemed as though, Craig, when I was reading it, that the words on the, the scripture, the words were just coming up off the page. Off the page. I mean, it was like, wow. I was like watching a movie almost. Like, wow, wow, wow. Everything that was in those five chapters were for me. I mean, it was like it was tailor-made for me to read that because it explained everything I needed to know about myself. I studied psychology in college. And one reason I did, because I kept saying, I'm crazy. I got to be crazy doing the things I'm doing, just crazy things. Because I was so messed up with sin, I'm telling you. And and so after I finished psychology, my, my professor told me, Cal State Hayward, I graduated there with a B.A. degree, believe it or not, with a half pint of whiskey in my briefcase. <laughs> so, those, just, those were the B.C. days before Christ. Before Christ, exactly. And so, but I asked my professor, I said, I, I didn't really learn much about psychology. Why? He said, what's the problem? I said, I want to know why I'm crazy. Why, why I just do stupid things, crazy things, things that get on my own nerve. And and he says, we really don't know why people do what they do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I wasted five years trying to find out what's wrong with me. I'm saying I was in a deep search trying to find me. And I know there's a lot you, of people. You were looking listening. for the missing part. I was looking for the missing part. And I'm telling you, Greg, when I see and I never met an alcoholic that loved alcohol. I never met a prostitute that loved sex. I never met a dope fiend that loves dope, but I met a lot of people that were in bondage to something Mm -hmm. that they were using in spite of because they couldn't find what they were really looking for because they didn't know what they were really looking for. Well, and your professor, I think honestly so, gave you an honest response. We don't know why people do what they do. Did say it. And that's because he was looking in the wrong place. And that's exactly right. That book reveals exactly why we do what we do. That's why I love this book, The Holy Word of God. That's why I love it. And I'm telling you, and listen, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to read the Bible. Some people say, well, you know, I try to read the Bible, but it's so difficult with the, 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 let me tell you something. When you really, really ask the Lord to open your understanding to his word, it's as simple as that. Lord, God wants you to know his word. He wants you to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He wants you to have the abundant life. Christians are supposed to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. 
because we have everything in this life and not only that we have eternal life with the Lord Jesus we're never going to die we're just going to move from this house to a new house that the Lord has prepared for us and we will forever be with him throughout all eternity what a promise my God what a- ask, ask the person who's studying a second language uh, so you're you're a native born English speaker and you decide I'm going to take a trip to Rome I'm taking my wife on a Roman holiday and so I want to learn to speak some Italian now when you first pick up an Italian dictionary or book in Italian none of it will make any sense whatsoever but if you spend time beginning to learn the language and you read and reread and you stumble over the pronunciations but then you try it again over time that language is going to make more and more sense to you it's going to become clearer and clearer and as linguistic concepts and pronunciation and word definitions that you look up in your companion English Italian dictionary as you do that studying you know what happens over time you go from that Italian written book that made no sense whatsoever to a book that makes total sense to you. Because why? Because you've spent enough time in it to learn the language. I'm going to submit to you that the same thing is true of Scripture. People, you and I were talking about this before we came on the air today. You go to the average bookstore today, and you might find, if one, you might find 30 different Bible translations for every kind of concept that you can imagine. And some people say, well, I get so confused by reading the King James. And this is not a commercial for the King James, though I do believe it was the book that Moses wrote and Christ preached out of. (laughs) It's an old joke. But... If you spend enough time in it, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. And as you spend more time, you'll become more comfortable. As you look up a word, now you know what that means. And in my comparison with learning another language, this is learning God's language. Yes. You study to show yourself approved, right, as Scripture says. And as you spend more time studying and you get to know more, guess what you learn? You learn more about the character of Christ, the nature of God, the love of God, the passion that God has in wanting to be reconciled with his creation, so much so that recognizing, you know what, we're not keepers of the law, we do a terrible job at that because of the impact of our, of our Adamic nature, of our sin nature, and yet God said, you know what, I've got a better plan, I've got a better way, I've got a solution for all mankind, for all sin, for all time. And the answer, the, the solution is Jesus Christ. He's going to pay the price on a tree. He's going to absorb the penalty of sin that you and I are, are are deserving of. And he will pay that price in our stead. All we need do to accept that is to simply say, Lord, I acknowledge my sin. I repent. I ask that you send your Holy Spirit to help empower me to study your word, to take on your character, to become that new creature in Christ Jesus. I reject the ways of the world and acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. Come, be the Lord of my life. Live and take up dwelling in my heart and in my life. I surrender it all to you. And if you do that, 
you ultimately accept that work that he did on the cross on our behalf. And all of a sudden, it becomes the discovery of the missing part. My God. My God. That the one thing that was failing your life from working properly, from working on all eight cylinders, as they say. Yes. Was Christ Jesus, because as Jerry Thomas said to Bob Jackson way back in May of 1977, all you need is Jesus. And he was absolutely, positively, unequivocally correct, because that's exactly what I needed. I mean, brought me out of darkness. I know that sounds like a cliche. I mean, because you hear it a lot. Into his marvelous light. Gave me a brand new life and listen, cleaned up my vocabulary because I used to use curse words. I found a difference between curse and cuss. Curse words, we used to say it's actually cuss words, C U S S. And I used to use cussing on top of cussing. And I'm telling you, for me to be able to preach and speak as fast as I speak without slipping up and saying a cuss word <laughs> is nothing short of a miracle, okay? So I know the Lord, I mean, from top to bottom, he cleans you up. And this is amazing to me, Greg. People that I knew said, oh, boy, he's lost his mind. He's really lost his mind. My 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 sister... And, uh, and my sister-in-law, especially, I used to call them, I called all my, my brothers and sisters. It's seven of us in the family. I'm, I'm the fifth kid, and, and so it's seven for the Jacksons family. And so my immediate brothers and sisters, I began to call every one of them because I had a desire to see all of them experience what I experienced. And I began to call them. And my, my sister-in-law, she was so... When I would call her on the phone, I was calling for my brother. She would say, just a minute, just a minute. I said, I just, I, well, I can talk to you. I can tell you. She said, then I could hear her say, "Hun, Jesus is on the line. <laughs> and, and, and I would tell them, listen, you can't go to hell. I can't afford to allow you to go to hell. I've got to tell you about the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I didn't know how to witness, but I had to share the greatest thing that now. ever happened to me. That's right. I just had to share, and I'm still that same way. 46 years later, I'm still having to share the Lord Jesus. If you had a missing part, it reminds me of the pearl of great price, but if you had a missing part, and after searching high and low and hither and yon, you've looked under the bed, on top of the bed, underneath the house, on the roof, everywhere, and finally, after 30 Years. This is it. I've found it. You won't go out and witness because you have to, like it's some obligation, like you have to pay taxes. You'll go out and witness. You'll share your faith. You'll be willing to say all you need is Jesus simply because you're so overjoyed at having found that missing part that you've just got to tell the story. And and maybe tonight for you, it's a question of you've never fully quite found that missing part. And so the component that, that kind of robs you of the joy and the enthusiasm, that, that it makes you fearful of sharing your faith, of thinking it's somehow up to the professionals. you got to have Rev in front of your name before you can tell others about Christ. Maybe, maybe there's still yet for you a component of a missing part. 
Christ is someone that you know of, have heard about, but do you know him intimately? Like the husband knows the wife, and Bishop Bob can tell you what Sister Jackson loves to have for breakfast. Do you know Christ that well? And if not, maybe along your life, you've simply got along. You've gone to church because that's what you always did. You tried to do the right thing. But you don't feel as if you know Christ intimately. And there are moments in those still, quiet times of your life when you're fairly confident that nobody's listening or aware of what your thoughts are that you question you feel it somehow there's some component missing and you're just not quite sure how to pull all those pieces together again so you can experience that wholeness so you can experience that joy so you would be compelled to tell not because you have to but because you get to I'm going to take a a pregnant pause here for a moment. I want you to just kind of ponder that for a moment. And when we come back from a quick time out, I'm going to ask Bishop Jackson to take us down that road a little bit deeper. How do you, as someone who has gone to church all of your life and and felt that you've served God and and, and dedicated time to him and given of your of your uh, your your resources to him and yet there's still that missing part how do you find that complete new creation that born again experience we've touched on it but I'm going to ask Bishop Jackson to walk us through a bit deeper and we're going to do that so you just you don't move we're not going anywhere You stay right with me. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break. I'm Craig Roberts. Bishop Bob Jackson is with us tonight in studio. This this might be that that final answer, that, that, that final key that you have been searching for your whole life. That missing part may just be a moment away. So I want you to hang tight and get ready to hear that answer. Come back right after this. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 